0: Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Uh All right, let's move on to running backs. Got Christian McCaffrey at number one against Vegas. Great matchup for him. He's the obvious number one, you know, RB. he's the obvious RB1 this week. Yeah. Um, you know, last week, he didn't get all of the work. Keep that in mind. So the, if Vegas stays competitive, though, in this game, then, you know, we should see McCaffrey on the field uh, a lot more than he was on the field last week. But right. either way, great matchup. He should be good to go. Uh, Austin Eckler at two against the Rams. Derek Henry, if he plays at three against the Cowboys. Uh, Saquon Barkley, who has shown that ceiling in the last couple of games, You know, he's at four against an indie team who has given up the most fantasy points to opposing running backs over the last four weeks. Yeah, He's been killing it lately. Yeah, and
1: we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. We're like, is he ever going to get back to that ceiling that we know him to have? He did. Last week, I mean, quietly. Had a very good week. I think he had 27 PPR points. Um, And that was with Daniel Jones getting it done in the passing game, with Isaiah Hodgins doing his thing. It was just a very good offensive game for the Giants in general. And now they're going into a matchup, like you said, against Indianapolis, who are allowing the most fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks, and the sixth most to running backs over the course of the season. I don't think you can go wrong with Saquon Barkley this week. I think that he's going to be a really strong start for you. And there's no reason not to um, start him with confidence in your championship week. And then also with Christian McCaffrey, just kind of touching on him. Obviously, the Las Vegas would have to stay competitive for him to be in this game and be featured. But something that I'm taking note of, I know Christian McCaffrey's a really good talent, but they might want to keep him healthy if they do go up in this game. Do you think maybe they give him a snap count or something like that to keep him healthy? Because we know he struggled with health a little bit in his career. Obviously, these past two years, he's missed a lot of time, but he's stayed relatively healthy this year. They're going into the playoffs. Do you think maybe if they go up, they kind of just shut him down for the day? I
0: think Yeah, they might if they go him. up? Yeah. yeah, for sure. If they go up, yeah, definitely. But I don't know how much of a blowout this is going to be. I mean, the Raiders haven't really got blown out like that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're playing in Vegas too. So, you know, I'm not really seeing this being, you know, a blowout or anything like that. But is it possible? Yeah, sure. The 49 are a much better team than the Raiders, but the Raiders have, you know, stated most games. So not too concerned about that. You know, it is possible. Yeah. But, you know, you know, but yeah, it's something to, to keep in mind that that can easily happen. And we can see TDP come in. You know, we'll see what Jordan Mason's practice status looks like. But TDP did get, you know, a bunch of carries last week. Right. Um, you know, uh with, with McCaffrey. Um, let's see. Dalvin Cook, you know, great matchup. I have him at five here. Great matchup against Green Bay. Um, I'm back in on Ramondre Stevenson at six against Miami. The yeah. output wasn't there last week, but he did play on 91% of snaps. So the input was there. You know, that's elite usage. Uh, he's been killing it all year. You know, don't overthink it with him, you know, or don't overthink yeah. a bad, you know, beat like, you know, if you made it to the championship, despite his performance last week, look at that as a blessing and just put him in your lineup this week. Obviously keep him there. Solid RB1. Yeah.
1: And in a really good matchup too. They're allowing the third most fancy points to running backs. Miami is over the last four weeks. So I, I think that's really good for Madre Stevenson. good news. He needs that to kind of get back. Uh, obviously he was matchup proof before this, um, but the past two out of the past three weeks, He's kind of disappointed. So hopefully, you've been able will survive that. Uh, I think he can get back to his winning ways uh, this week.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, James Conner at seven. Like I mentioned on Monday, since week ten when he came back from his injury, he has been the overall RB four, only behind Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, and Christian McCaffrey. So start him regardless of the quarterback situation. You know, but it does look like Colt McCoy can be back from that concussion this week. So if right. he's back, the offense takes a little bit. Of, it gets a little bit of an upgrade because Trace McSorley. You know, was not getting the job done at all. But regardless, James Conner was still able to put up a monster fantasy day. So, you know, regardless, you know, start him. Start yeah. him. He's in your lineup, regardless of who regardless of who you have.
1: James is going to be quarterback proof. It doesn't matter who's handing him the ball. It's not like DeAndre Hopkins, like we saw. You need the quarterback to throw him the ball accurately for him to get it. You know, obviously and score points. But James Connor, regardless of who's starting a quarterback, whether it was Kyler Murray, whether it was Colt McCoy, Trace McSorley now. He's getting it done week in and week out. He's doing his thing. He's getting the touches that we drafted him to have earlier in the season. What He's getting those touches that made him what we call the value going into the season in the third round. I think that he's going to continue that. There's no reason to think that they're going to lean away from him now. He's shown he's capable of carrying that workload. It's not a horrific matchup. Um, they're allowing the 10th most fantasy points o- over the course of the season is Atlanta. They tightened up a little bit. They're up yeah. actually a bottom nine or eight matchup. This yeah. uh, over the last four weeks, but I think that they can get it done because he's pretty much been their entire offense without the passing game being coordinated.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then at eight, I have Josh Jacobs. You know, listen, this is a very tough matchup against yeah. the 49ers. So I'm tempering expectations here. Uh, he is at home. Derek Carr has played better against tougher opponents this year. So maybe the offense can do some things, uh, but he just. You know, he gets downgraded just a bit, uh, especially with a few of these other guys like Saquon and Dalvin having great matchups, Ramondre, James Conner having good matchups too. So, you know, it's one of those situations where, you know, just got to temper expectations. You're still playing him because he got you here, right? And yeah. he's frustrated. Last week's uh, output was frustrating. Hopefully yeah. you were able to overcome it. Um, but, you know, Josh Jacobs somebody that you still want to have in your lineup this week.
1: Yeah, there's no reason to, you know, sit Josh Jacobs over – Anybody else, you know, I think that he can still get that workload. As long as he gets that workload, he's liable to have games like we've seen him have this season where he goes just absolutely crazy. Last week, obviously, not so good. Hopefully you survived that. But I think that Josh Jacobs this week, it is a tough matchup. I don't know how much you're going to be running the ball because I think that they might end up playing from behind a lot in this game. So definitely temper expectations with that in mind. He could be in line for another dud, but I do think they're going to have to supplement at least a little bit of a ground game. Otherwise, um, Nick Bosa is just going to be teeing off on Derek Carr, and I don't like that matchup for Derek Carr at all. Their offense overall for uh, Las Vegas, they might have trouble getting in the end zone if that's what it comes down to.
0: Uh, Tony Pollard, I have him at nine. Uh, you know, Like I mentioned, he hasn't practiced yet. Very tough matchup against Tennessee, uh, but still starting my studs, and he is a stud. So he's someone, you know, he can overcome any tough matchup, right? It just takes yeah. one big play from him at any point against anybody so you know don't bench tony pollard um another guy you're not benching is travis Etienne. if he plays against houston uh the hope is that he is going to play the jags aren't you know the, and the jags aren't resting him for week 18 but this matchup is awesome you know so if he plays there will be some high expectations out of travis Etienne against houston for yeah. sure
1: we, we've seen travis Etienne. he's been quiet the past few weeks but it's impossible not to start a guy with this type of matchup. You know, obviously, they're allowing the most fantasy points over the entire season, Houston is. And that's been their weakness all season. We've seen all types of running backs get it done. I think Travis Etienne, this could be a big bounce-back game for him. And it could, couldn't could come at a better time in the fantasy championship if that would happen.
0: This is exactly, if I have Travis Etienne and I'm in the championship, there's nothing, there's no situation going into a game that is better outside of the fact that they might rest them. But assuming yeah. that they don't, And assuming that they just play this game as as usual, here's the situation going into this week with Travis Etienne. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week 10. He scored four touchdowns all year. The last four weeks, 13, 17, 19 – no, I'm sorry. Hold on. 16, 17, 21, and 25 touches with no touchdowns. You know what that means?
1: That regression is coming.
0: Regression is coming. Okay so if that all lands this week against Houston he might win you some fantasy championships right so that's that's yeah. kind of what we're hoping for uh so we'll see we'll see if that if that comes true or not imagine, i know i know that i'm hoping that it comes true
1: <laughs> imagine having drafted Travis Etienne in that RB dead zone coming into the season you know where you're not sure what you're going to get with him and he comes through in the fantasy championship like we're expecting him to, that would be like the complete full circle moment, especially if you made the championship. You know, that would be that would be, that would be a good storyline just for some teams. I think that would be pretty cool.
0: 100%, man. Hell yeah. All right, so got Nick Chubb at 11 uh, against Washington, right? This is one of those situations where, you know, not the best matchup in the world, but, you know, anytime a talent like him can get 20 carries, you're playing him, right? Touchdown yeah. regression has hit him very, the other way, has hit him very hard over yes. the last four weeks, right? He's t- scored a ton of touchdowns early on the year. Unfortunately, you know, we knew that this was going to happen at some point where he just can't keep scoring every single week, right, with the amount of touches that he was getting. So hopefully he can get into the end zone this week. Uh, but, you know, keep starting Nick Chubb, you know, as you normally would. I know he didn't score last week. Disappointing, but he did get volume. So continue yeah. to start him.
1: This is like the reverse Travis Etienne, like you said. Nick Chubb, you know, he's yeah. been on a cold streak and he's going into a tough matchup where Travis Etienne's been on cold streak he's going into a very good matchup I, I do think Travis Etienne obviously you're going to have him ranked over Nick Chubb Nick Chubb hasn't done a whole lot for you in terms of your fantasy team recently but also with that touchdown regression it might not be coming in bunches like it might be for Travis Etienne in this matchup but there's no reason to think that he can't score I think he's a threat to score every week he yeah. hasn't done it in a little bit so I think if he scores a touchdown you're going to be in good shape Um, he's going to be a solid RB two, regardless that floor is there every week because of his rushing totals and the volume that he gets but. Cleveland's offense just hasn't been, you know, very dynamic um, these past few weeks with Deshaun Watson. We kind of expected this, you know, we expected this more to affect Amari Cooper than Nick Chubb of anybody, but obviously touchdown upside for an offense affects everybody. And we're seeing that this season. I think next season we could see Nick Chubb go back to being that RB1 like he was earlier this season.
0: For sure. For sure. Um tough matchup for Zeke this week but you know maybe he gets a little bit of a boost because of a banged up Pollard, you know maybe not, maybe he gets a downgrade because yeah. the offense can't move as much. Uh but like I said before, he just can't stop scoring touchdowns. Eight games in a row that he's played in which he's scored. So that's absolutely insane. Um we got Jerry McKinnon here at 13 against Denver. This is the last time he went up against Denver. He had 30 PPR fantasy points. It was the overall RB1 for the week. You know, a couple of fluke plays, sure. But he also has been extremely involved in the receiving game. Uh, and with a lot of tough matchups for these wide receivers, we could see a lot of targets go once again to McKinnon. And, you know, right. while he, he might not get the type of workload that a guy like Kenneth Walker might get, who I have ranked right under Derek McKinnon, I feel like there's just way too much upside for McKinnon to just leave on your bench, right? Yeah. So I kind of want to have him in my lineup. It's just a matter of, like, how much upside am I willing to leave on the table?
1: Right. And you look at – that's what kind of spurred on his production last time they played the Broncos. You know, you talk about the wide receivers having tough matchups, so it might, you know, come down to the running backs. Denver's allowing the fifth most fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks. So that's pretty good, you know, for Jarek McKinnon going into this one. Also, like you said, the game script with the receivers being bad – um, in bad matchups. But Kenneth Walker, you know, the comparison – here, you make that comparison about his workload being there. He's going to get a whole lot more carries, um, and he's not going to get as many targets as Jarek McKinnon's going to. In PPR, you know, those targets are like gold, especially. Um, so I think that Jarek McKinnon definitely has the upside in this one. He's been scoring touchdowns, you know, like a madman these past couple of weeks. So I think that Jarek McKinnon in this offense, you know, that's kind of lacking weapons on the outside. We've seen Patrick Mahomes lean further into Jarek McKinnon uh, these past couple of weeks. He's on overall. He had a more quiet game. Then we had become accustomed to the two weeks before that last week, I think he can get right back on the horse and have another good day. Five or six catches for 60 yards. I wouldn't be surprised if he adds a touchdown. So I, I like Jarek McKinnon definitely over Kenneth Walker this week. I do think he's in a better offense. Uh, Kenneth Walker we have ranked at 14. He's going to get those rushing totals, but until those touchdowns come, um, I'm not you know super psyched about Kenneth Walker, at least as much as I was earlier in the season.
0: Yeah, but you know the good thing is that most likely he's a good bet to get some volume because last yeah. week, I mean, right. he had – how many how many touches did he have last 26 week? 26 carries 25. alone. Yeah. There you go. 26 carries, you know, pretty damn good. <laughs> Especially a in a game where he, they were the Seahawks win a negative game script. Yeah. You know, that's legit. So I think this is a tough matchup against the Jets, but I think he does get volume uh, in this yeah. game. Joe Mixon at 15 against Buffalo, you know, his his usage has gone down a little bit. But, you know, the targets were there last week, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, even the week before as well. So, you know. He hasn't, you know, 60% or less snaps, you know, two of the last three weeks, um, you know, not amazing, you know, but at the end of the day, this is a good offense. There's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. uh, So that's the reason why you want to have Joe Mason uh, in your lineup against Buffalo and Aaron Jones against Minnesota. They, this is a tricky situation with Aaron Jones. I think regardless, you know, he always has the upside to get it done, right? Just the week before, yeah. you know, he had a 20 point game, right? And mm-hmm. coming into this game, he had that ankle injury, um, you know, they were limiting his usage even in the first half before that injury. So, before that he re that ankle. So, right. not really sure, you know, what their thinking was there. A.J. Dillon obviously had a bigger role last week. So, you know, I really want to monitor Aaron Jones' practice reports this week. My assumption is that he's going to be limited once again, you yeah. know, uh, the entire week and then potentially play, and then maybe A.J. Dillon will get some more work. Who knows? Like, this is really hard to determine You know, am I going all the way to say I'm starting AJ Dillon over Aaron Jones? I don't think I am, you know, but at the end of the day, like it really depends on the practice reports. That's my assumption that he'll be limited all week. He hasn't had a full practice since like week 10. Uh, It's been a minute. So he's been dealing with injuries, but he's been kind of powering through.
1: Aaron Jones, his ankle injury, obviously, you know, the fact that he's going to be limited is going to affect Aaron Jones so much more than AJ Dillon at this point, I think. You know, it's not going to be like, like you said. You're not going to be starting A.J. Dillon with confidence because Aaron Jones might be limited. That's not going to be the case. It's just going to be like, OK, we have to temper expectations on on Aaron Jones. I think A.J. Dillon's in line for more of the same. He's a touchdown dependent running back. Uh, we saw that the past couple of weeks. A couple of weeks ago, he had two touchdowns on 33 yards rushing. So I, I think that nothing's going to change in that right. And then also with Joe Mixon, um, you know, we just, we just talk about him. His upside is pretty much gone I feel like at this point because you're not getting those snaps or at least enough to be like the workload the workload to be the workhorse back but um I think he kind of reminds me if Najee Harris was on a good offense like the Bengals (laughs) you know obviously I, I don't think he's like as inefficient as Najee Harris but you talk about the production like you know it's just a couple points better each week than Najee Harris so I'm looking at Joe Mixon he's right here in this mid RB2 range I think that's where I expect him to finish pretty much the rest of the season and Aaron Jones he might be a little bit high for me even at, at 16 because of that limit limitation on his ankle.
0: Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like I don't know what the limitation is going to be. I really want to see what his practice status is. If he gets a limited practice in today on a Wednesday, that'll be a good sign for him. You yeah. know, and I think, you know, I'm I'm I'll be good with this ranking here. Um because, you know, the guys after him, it's like Miles Sanders at 17, you know, Leonard Fournette at 18. Um, you know, Leonard Fournette, you know, he has that he had a huge game. This past week because he was hyper targeted. Um, he had insane volume, close to 30 opportunities in this game, right? Yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, will that continue? Like, will he get that many opportunities? Will it be more of a split? I obviously trust him way more than Rashad White at this point because we had a couple game sample size now, uh, where you know he's like the, the lead guy. He's the guy that they want to give touches to, right? Out of the two yeah. running backs. So that's what they're doing. Um, and Miles Sanders, like with especially with Gardiminchu potentially getting the start, you know, they have been leaning on Sanders, he just hasn't been scoring. Um, you know, last week he got the volume, but he just hasn't scored. So it's, you know, Miles Sanders can easily go off, you know, New Orleans hasn't been stout against the run by any means. Um, so, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like who has a higher ceiling against Minnesota. I still think Aaron Jones does, you know, between, (laughs) you know, these guys, you know, Uh, so that's kind of how, you know, how I'm looking at it between, you know, those three guys, I think they're in a similar tier though.
1: Yeah. I, I think they are too. You know, you're comparing Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders. And Leonard Fournette, I do agree. Leonard Fournette. I'm not sure if we're going to see another performance like we saw last week. They yeah. were competitive. They were in a close game against the Cardinals. Like this offense is still bad. Like it just happened to flow through Leonard Fournette. Not the last
0: Cardinals. Week. A Trace McSorley led Cardinals.
1: Yeah, that at that like Cardinals bad enough,
0: but Trace McSorley, it's just a weird <laughs> thing to see. You know, now for the they Bucks go, now they're going up against a powerhouse offense with Sam Darnold. Yeah, leading the way. DJ Moore, right? Deontay Foreman.
1: <laughs> the Panthers offense they're going up against the powerhouse Panthers offense sans Christian McCaffrey like who would have thought we'd be saying that and it's also not a very good matchup for Leonard Fournette on the ground either if, over the last four weeks if I'm not mistaken they're allowing the least fancy points Carolina is to running backs so I, I think that's pretty pretty crazy you look at that I, I'm not sure I trust Leonard Fournette. I do think he belongs underneath Aaron Jones just because the upside might not be there and I don't trust him to have that type of workload or performance each week and Miles Sanders He's been getting it done. He's just been like abnormally quiet these last few weeks. He's going to get back on the horse. He'll be just fine. Um, and all right, it's, it's a solid matchup against the Saints. It, it's not bad, but it's not fantastic either. They've allowed a few more points than they have the rest of the season. The Saints have they're allowing seventh most over the last four weeks. So maybe he gets it done this week. If he can score, I don't think you have to worry about Miles Sanders at all.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's probably the safest out of all these all these options, to be honest with you. Right. Um, Brian Robinson seems super safe this week. Yep. you know, against Cleveland at home, the dude can potentially get 20 plus carries in this game easily. Like he if yeah, I had to bet game. on it. If I had to bet on it this week, 20 plus carries easily. Yeah, Do you think I would, even, I would even take the odds on 25? <laughs> 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 Do you to, think you know that, know? that
1: would be because of um, the turnover at quarter, quarterback? You don't, you don't think they don't, throw the ball a
0: whole lot or you think they're just going to be up in this game i just think they're just an extremely run heavy team like if they can if the game is in reach and they're in a neutral game script or they're in a positive game script like they're going to run the ball regardless of who the quarterback is you know yeah um so that's just kind of how how it doesn't have anything to do with who the quarterback is going to be this week um i just think cleveland is a terrible run defense and that's how they're going to attack them just but they also attack every team the same way, regardless yeah. of, you know, what deep, what the defense is showing. Um, you know, it's funny. Who did the commanders play last week? They played um, the 49ers. 49ers. So the the 49ers have actually made uh, personnel decisions on, with their 53-man roster based on the fact that they were so run heavy. Like, yeah. they just knew that they were going to run the ball. You know, so and that's what happened. Um, something to keep in mind, Antonio Gibson, he's banged up. I think he tweaked mm. like a knee or something like that. So he might not play this week. Um, you know, and that that what caused, uh, who was it that came in? Jonathan Williams uh, yeah. came in for Gibson last week, and he'll probably play that passing down role uh, if, you know, if Anthony Gibson can't go. And I don't think he's going to go this week, but uh, that could mean good things for Brian Robinson, potentially getting an even bigger, uh, you know, share of that pie on early downs.
1: Yeah, and don't take that as our endorsement of Jonathan Williams taking over like any type of role that Antonio Gibson would have had.
0: Don't, Yeah,
1: there's no reason to start Jonathan Williams in your fantasy championship. (laughs) I would not do that. This I would even, you know,
0: even even Antonio Gibson, you know, would have been a very pretty desperate play as a flex even, you know, even against Cleveland to be honest with you. Brian Robinson. It's really been all Brian Robinson lately.
1: Do you think if Brian Robinson, obviously he's going to play, do you think if he's not competing with Antonio Gibson, do you think he could be like, Slam dunk RB two, like a really nice RB two for you this week right, against a bad Cleveland defense. Or I think the he's most, a, over the whole season. I think season?
0: he's I think he's a slam dunk RB two, regardless of whether Anthony Gibson plays or not. This okay, week. so and he already is. He's at RB nineteen, which makes him a solid RB two. Do you right, think he, right he has
1: RB one upside? <laughs> Obviously, we don't want to hype him he up. Scores,
0: you know, he's he scores.
1: not he's not very efficient. He gets yeah. a lot of carries though, so the workload yeah. you got bigger. All he has to do yeah. is punch one in, and he's not too involved in the pass game either. So right. that's that's not. But we'll okay. see. Right, he's he's caught a couple of passes. You know, obviously he's not horrific, but we'll we'll see. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think that Brian Robinson he has some pretty nice upside if Antonio Gibson doesn't go. I didn't even know that Antonio Gibson might not even go this week. Yeah. that's yeah, that's G- in, that's
0: interesting. Gibson's banged up. Um, but still, I don't expect Robinson to see like more than sixty percent of snaps. I still think it's yeah. gonna be sub sixty. You know, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Algier, uh, at twenty. Against Arizona, we talked about him. You know, gaining the gaining the lead in this backfield. Uh, you know, him versus Cordell Patterson. You know, he's involved in the pass game. You know, he's running more routes. He's getting the large majority uh, of the carries as well. Against Arizona, great matchup. You know, we saw what you know Rashad White was able to score last week. We saw Leonard Fournette getting it, getting it done as well. Um, it's really just you know a couple of of good players on this Falcons team. Algier, Drake London. That's really it. You know, and against Arizona, this is a winnable matchup for the Falcons. And I think if they run the ball, if they control it, I think they can win this game. I think that's what they're gonna do with Tyler Algier.
1: Yeah, we threw this his little hype party, you know, on the waiver wire yesterday. And we yeah. talked about him, you know, getting that workload, locking it in uh last week on the takeaway show on Monday. And it looks like going in this week, obviously he's gonna be really good. The matchup is good. You know, Cardinals are allowing the second most fantasy points for running backs over the last four weeks and fifth most over the entire season. I think he's just a really good play at this point. You know, if you stashed him, if you had him on your bench or you picked him up on the waiver wire, I think you can start him. You might it looks like Derrick Henry's gonna go. I was talking about him being like almost not necessarily a one for one replacement for Derrick Henry, but as close as you can get to it with the waiver wire players. Um, I think you could consider starting him at flex. You don't he doesn't have to be a replacement level player this week. He could be someone that you're starting and just be like, Yeah, all right, I'm not replacing somebody with him. He could be a flex. Oh, yeah. He could be an RB two. Oh, yeah. Definitely this week.
0: For sure. For sure. I would say he's a probably a top fifty play just overall. Uh even when you consider the wide receivers. Actually, oh, maybe top forty. I could see him being a top forty player. Uh, okay. So
1: total total fantasy point score. Do you mean just like that? Overall over positions?
0: between between running backs and wide receivers.
1: Oh, for flex. So like flex. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Now I have DeAndre Swift here at twenty one, and this this is based on Jamal Williams. Being banged up, and no. I'm assuming Jamal Williams is going to be out this week. If Jamal Williams is out, I have DeAndre Swift here at 21, um, because I still believe that uh, um, Justin Jackson is going to be involved. If, if yep. Jamal Williams is out, it's possible that he's even, you know, pretty involved in the pass in the early down game as well. Um, so he but could out carry Swift. Think, I think so. He could. DeAndre Swift saw you know his highest usage in terms of snaps, rap participation since like week four um, this past week. So if yep. Jamal Williams is out, I can see, you know, a slam dunk matchup mm-hmm. against Chicago, right? So he could, you know, I would be surprised if DeAndre Swift had 150 yards in this game total, <laughs> or if he had 30 yards in this game, right? Yep. It's like complete boom bust. But, you know, if you look at the names after him, there's just a lot of upside on the table if Jamal Williams is off the, off the field. It is what it is. I'm going to live and die with DeAndre Swift this week if I have him.
1: Yeah, I, it's so tough to trust. Imagine like <laughs> imagine starting DeAndre Swift after doing what he's done the past few weeks in your championship. Like, ugh, I don't know how much I trust it. I think the matchup is very good. If Jamal Williams is out. That definitely gives you enough reason to pull the trigger, you know, and hope that he can do it. Uh, but Justin Jackson has just been a thorn in the side of DeAndre Swift all season. For some reason, he's getting those carries. If DeAndre Swift gets five or six targets, he should be okay. But we need him to get 10, 15 carries on top of those five, six targets. If he can get that love his upside. Um, otherwise I think he's going to have trouble reaching that upside um, against Chicago. We'll see. It could be a shootout. Obviously, like we said, this has, this game has the highest over under of the week. Um, so maybe Deandre Swift just cashes in with an easy touchdown. We'll have to see, but um, I, I like pass catchers more in this game than Deandre Swift this week, just because we've seen what he's done the past few weeks. He hasn't been very good. I don't know, man. I- I'm okay. starting him. I'm, I'm tempering okay expectations so earlier in the I would season, say this. I was a big DeAndre Swift guy.
0: <laughs> I know, and he's scorned you. I know he's yeah. scorned you. He's scorned you. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. But I'm looking at this, you know, this week if Jamal Williams is out and against this in in this amazing matchup, like I'm I'm doing it. I'm pulling the yeah. trigger. I'm starting him over David Montgomery if that's the case. You know, if Jamal Williams plays, then I'm not going to do that. And right. DeAndre Swift will probably fall to. I don't know. Matthew Stafford's here in the running back. Yeah, I, I don't see know that. where he came from at 25. I, was... uh, I think we're talking about Cam Akers there. He was, yes, that's, that's Cam, Cam Akers. Akers like, yeah. But David Montgomery, you know, you have you know, Khalil Herbert, you know, coming back a little bit, you know, against Detroit. Detroit obviously got absolutely gashed last week, you know, from Deontay Foreman and mm-hmm. uh, Chuba Hubbard, you know. But they've been stout before that. So who are they going to yeah. get? They're in Detroit this week. Last week they were in Carolina. So maybe that had a factor. That played a factor. But in Detroit this week, you know, I think David Montgomery's solid. You know, I think he'll be fine even with Khalil Herbert back. Uh, Herbert did come in and take a little bit of that work away uh, last week. Possibly could potentially take a little bit more work this week. We'll yeah. see. Um, but not, you know, I, I can't tell whether this is a good matchup or not for David Montgomery. So, uh, it, you know, I think he's solid and you could start him, but I'm tempering my expectations just a little bit for him this week.
1: I think that's fair, especially with the threat of Khalil Herbert, just kind of you know getting some more carries than he did last week. And we talked about that on last week's pod where we said, you know, maybe Khalil Herbert, he might not get many touches this week coming back from the injury, but he could get ramped up into it. I think that's yeah. definitely a possibility here against the Lions. Was anybody expecting like the Panthers to run for as many yards as they did of course last not. week? No, not obviously, at all. Crazy. Obviously, you're not going to expect 320 yards on the ground against any team, but Against the Lions, who had been as good as they had been, you know, on the season and just the past couple of weeks before that, like I didn't see that coming at all. I don't think that's going to be like a trend. I think that's just going to be like an outlier performance. So I think having David Montgomery down here, even though it seems like it might be a good matchup, especially in a high-scoring game, we talked about the over/under. I, I think it makes sense to have David Montgomery here because Khalil Herbert could vulture enough touches that he's not a workhorse and he's not getting right. enough volume to have that upside over a guy like DeAndre Swift. Like I said, I know I'm acknowledging DeAndre Swift's upside. I'm also acknowledging the fact that I don't expect him to hit that this week.
0: (laughs) I hear that. All right. So AJ Dillon at 23 here against Minnesota. He's just been getting it done lately. And with Aaron Jones a little bit banged up, I am vaulting him up to a low end RB2 against the Minnesota team who's been giving up a ton of fantasy points to running backs. So I am vaulting him up here. Uh, And then I have Alvin Kamara at RB24 against Philly. I'm just a little bit afraid of this matchup in general for the Saints. Um, I don't know how much they're going to be able to move the ball. You know, Alvin Kamara had a great matchup last week against Cleveland. It was a run-heavy game. He's losing some snaps on third downs, on passing downs. If they go down, like, is he going to get those targets? I don't trust that to happen, right? So, Kamara trust. is not somebody that I trust this week. You know, to be honest with you, and have you, you trusted know, like, him any
1: week? <laughs> you know, what I mean? last week I did. Last week, yeah. I okay, I guess you, you could. You know? Outside of negative weather and forty-mile-an-hour winds, have you been able yeah. to trust him all it, week? It, no, this was a
0: game so. where it could be a neutral game script. Or a game where it was a decent matchup on the ground, then sure. But Philly yeah. hasn't been, you know, favorable towards fantasy running backs. So, you know, I don't uh, – Alvin Kamara is not somebody that I trust right now. I trust him more now than I did a couple of weeks ago when Mark Ingram was part of that rotation. He's getting more, more of that work now. He's getting much higher share of the pie since uh, two weeks ago uh, after yeah. Mark Ingram went out and after he came back from his bye. So, at the same time, though, I, I'm tempering expectations here. Like – Cam Akers, I have him at twenty-five. I was very tempted to put Cam Akers above Avon Kamara, and I might do that, to be honest with you, because they're going up against the Chargers. You know, he could get yeah. some volume. He had a monster week the week before. He's been he's been scoring some touchdowns lately, man. Um, and the Rams are really depending on the ground game right now, and they're playing a little bit better now with Baker Mayfield under center.
1: Yeah, that's the funniest thing. You know, a lot of people clown on Baker Mayfield and stuff, but the offense looks better with him at the helm. And Cam Akers suddenly being featured the way we wanted him to from day one. And obviously they're not playing. Isn't it for so much.
0: funny, dude? Like, okay, yeah. so, <laughs> so Go we got can-, can makers coming through in the fantasy playoffs, right? We have Leonard Fournette coming through the fantasy playoffs. We have, uh, well, no, I'm talking about guys that like you know we might have been high on early before the year started. Oh yeah, right. And then like you know Travis Etienne, right? Potentially, hopefully coming mm-hmm. through, right? James Connor, at the very end, Saquon, Christian McCaffrey. You know what I'm saying? Like the guys that people were like, you know, hesitant to draft, you know, might be <laughs> actually coming through well, when it matters, which yeah. is
1: insane to think about. Cam Akers for good reason, you know, obviously. I I was off of Cam Akers coming this season and that was on the Cam Akers. Of course, I get on the Cam Akers right before, you know, he just shits the bed. But right. You know, he's looked much better these past couple of weeks. It looks like they're just using him in the offense because that's what they have. Um we I remember a couple weeks ago we were talking about Kyron Williams being the only running back that doesn't suck, but the offenses look better the past couple of weeks. Cam Akers is now out of suck territory, and um, you know I think <laughs> he might be a safer play than Alvin Kamara this week just because of the matchup yeah. alone and the I volume. Th- he think he might be safer. He's pretty much guaranteed 15 carries. You know, if he gets a touchdown, I think that's plausible. Alvin Kamara, I don't matchup. know. We're gonna have to see what Alvin Kamara does. I'm not sure. It just it's also been just. Very brutal watching Alvin Kamara not get used the way that we want him to or that he should be used, but that's just the reality of the situation here. I think Cam Akers, you know, he, he's a safer play this week.
0: And the Chargers, you know, they're a good matchup, and I don't expect them to blow them out of the water. I expect them to have a neutral game script at the very least.
1: Yeah, you know, especially if both teams playing at home. Game.
0: Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah. Um Isaiah Pacheco at 26 uh, against Denver, you know, uh, like you mentioned, Denver has been vulnerable uh, to running backs lately, but you know, Jared McKinnon has been coming on a little bit. Pacheco really just used in the running game for the most part, you know, you can expect 15 carries from him. Right. But like, you know, he, his upside really is there if he scores and Jared McKinnon has been used a ton, you know, around the goal line and in the red yeah. zone. So, you know, Isaiah Pacheco is like a decent start. He'll get mm-hmm. you points, but not that- sure how much upside is going to be there. You can
1: break down the Chiefs backfield as Jared McKinnon is your upside start from the Chiefs, and your floor start is Isaiah Pacheco. Because he right. just gets the rushing yards and the carries. You know, if you can get a touchdown, that would make him that would take him out of floor territory, a floor start territory, It'd make him actually a solid RB two. But because he hasn't done that, and Jared McKinnon's been doing his thing, and the way that the offense has been playing hasn't been very conducive to rushing touchdowns for Isaiah Pacheco. They're not using him that way. You have to keep him outside the top twenty-four. But he has that type of upside each week. He's just not at that point yet where they're giving him those touches where you can rely on him. Yes, he's going to get enough touches where he might add a touchdown. He's getting the rushing attempts. That's about it. He's the early down back. And that's how he's ranked at 26.
0: I got J.K. Dobbins at 27. You know, he's probably not going to get a ton of volume, but you're going to have to depend on efficiency. He got it done against Pittsburgh the last time around. Now he's at home. Maybe he could do it again. But again, you'll be depending on that efficiency. Maybe with Lamar back, they can, you know, they'll depend on the ground game even more if Lamar can't, you know, Run the ball right, right. Uh, himself. Uh, maybe these running backs get a little bit more of a share of that total, you know, uh, quarter, you know, that that rushing workload for the team. Um, and yep. then Najee Harris going up against him uh, at at Baltimore. You know, he can get some volume in this game, and he was extremely involved in the pass game late uh, last week. Um, not sure if that continues, but you know, he's a decent start. Really, just a volume play at the end of the day. Uh, And then Zonovan Knight against Seattle, I think Zoniman Knight actually bounces back. I think this is a little bit, this ranking is a little bit low. Even though Zoniman Knight has been absolutely terrible for fantasy lately, right? Like he was like, he probably killed you. You probably started him last week or the week before he knocked you at the playoffs. But now with Mike White back, the offense becomes more capable. Number one and number two, this is an amazing matchup against Seattle. And if the Jets stay in this game, I can see Zoniman Knight getting 20 touches in this game.
1: Yeah, I think that's absolutely in the cards. And we talk about Mike White coming back. And it seems like anytime Zach Wilson's off the field, these running backs just get targets. And that would be huge for Zonovan Knight, you know, going in this matchup. That's where we saw him make some money, you know, earlier when he was doing his thing, putting up that solid 13, 14-point floor for each week. I think he can get right back to that. And like you said, against Seattle, which is a really good matchup, there's no reason to think that he can't get back to that. I think there's going to be a competitive game um, between these two. I don't think anybody's going to run away with it. It's going to keep Zonovan Knight squarely in the game plan and – Like you said, does it feel a little low? Yes. I think this is like him at his floor this week. I would be surprised. It just
0: feels scary because like, yeah, you know, he's shit the bed the last couple of games. But but, we know know, why. It is what it is. We
1: know why. (laughs) Like Zach Wilson was that quarterback. And obviously we give Zach Wilson a lot of crap on this podcast. But, you know, I think he deserves a shot somewhere else. But the bottom line is for now, for fantasy, he was terrible. And I think that's he's going to be the scapegoat for me for Zombie Knight's production these past two
0: weeks. I hear you. I hear you. And then Deontay Foreman, uh, at yeah, thirty to round this out. You know he has the capabilities of hitting twenty carries in any given week. So yep. that's the reason why he's at thirty. Not too many running backs can say that. Uh, so against Tampa, right? Listen, over the last three weeks, uh, Carolina is a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They're the, they have scored the eighth most points on a per game basis over the last three games. Okay, so this could be a positive game script for them. Potential, Tampa, yeah. Tampa, seventh least amount of uh, points per game over the last three weeks. Okay, so they haven't been playing well. This is a game where Carolina that Carolina can win. This is a game where Carolina can be up. At the yeah. very least, is likely to be a neutral game script. So these running backs could get some could get a big workload in this game. And since
1: Steve Wilkes is interim head coach, I think he's actually making a case to be the head coach next season and beyond. You know, we'll see how it goes. They've been a run-first team. They've been handing the ball off a lot. They've become a much more difficult team to play. Um, this game is for the Panthers' playoff life. If they beat the Buccaneers, all they have to do is win next week and they're in the playoffs, and they'll knock yeah. Tampa Bay out. Tampa Bay is not playing playoff football. I think there's a real chance we see the Panthers win this, and if they're winning, like you said, a big reason why it's going to be that ground game, especially if they, if they go up and they hold the lead. Anybody can hold a lead against the Buccaneers. (laughs) All you got to do is go up. The thing about it is the Buccaneers have been winning games because they've been allowed to stay in the game late, and then Tom Brady's clutch gene just takes over. You know what I'm saying? It's still Tom Brady at the end of the day. But if you can go build yourself a lead and hold that, you're going to be just fine against the Buccaneers. So I would look at the Panthers and say that, yes, that's going to be their game plan going into this one. And with Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard playing the way they are, I think they're going to be a big part, super involved. This might even be a little low for Deontay Foreman for my taste, but we've seen him obviously sit the bed a couple of the past few weeks. So he's coming off a good performance. I think he can build on it, but I, I, th- yeah. I think this might be a little bit low for Deontay Foreman.
0: I can see that. I can see him maybe putting him over Najee, higher chance yeah. of scoring maybe. Maybe uh, even over
1: J.K. Dobbins. I don't know because Ravens offense, I don't like it at all. I mean, yeah. J.K. Dobbins has been relying on efficiency that isn't sustainable, and we saw it come through last week where he just didn't, perform well at all that efficiency wasn't there
0: yeah and, this, and it's a tough matchup
1: way. for him against pittsburgh too so just something to yeah. keep, keep in mind
0: Yeah, that's a good point maybe we'll move Deontay up to 27 all right uh well our, our full rankings are going to be up on patreon.com slash upper fantasy you can click the link in the description and you'll get our full rankings for running backs wide receivers uh flex rankings quarterback rankings tenant rankings all of it is going to be up there uh on tomorrow tomorrow's thursday it'll be up tomorrow yeah. You can go check that out at patreon.com slash fantasy. Appreciate you guys uh, listening to the podcast, still sticking with us. Good luck this week in your championship game. But we'll be back tomorrow with our wide receiver and tight end rankings uh, so we can get you into a a good spot going into your championship game. Okay? Take it easy, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.
1: 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.